Hi guys, welcome back to the Earthy Delights podcast where today we are going to be talking to Owen Hegarty. I hope I have pronounced that correctly. Um, and this is going to be a really, um, I think a difficult conversation for maybe people to listen to, but I think one that's very much needed. Um, I got in, well, Jim actually got in contact with Owen through um, the foundation hug after I listened to Fiona, the, one of the founders of the foundation on the Griefly, uh, Grief Encounters podcast. And um, it's a, this podcast is going to be about um, suicide um, and how we can maybe help prevent it and how we can deal with it afterwards. Uh, Owen has his own story, which he'll gladly share with us and we can use his expertise and hopefully we can learn from this. Um, so Owen, how, how are we doing? Yeah, it's doing pretty good. Uh, all things considered, uh, the, the, the shroud of coronavirus is uh, obviously limiting um, opportunities to uh, step outside the door, but uh, we're, we're grateful for what we have. We have a roof over our head, jobs that mm. are paying, and um, yeah, overall, can't complain. Yeah, I know. We were planning to uh, meet you in the Emerald country, but um, unfortunately, Corona put a stop to those plans. So, uh, so Zencaster is is going to have to suffice for now. Uh, 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 what, what, uh, yeah, sorry. Okay. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> I don't fine, know what I was fine. going to say. <laughs> it's fine there. Um, uh, so basically, should we? I think the best way to get started uh, is. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, we're going to bring up these the stats that went when at some point because I think it is important to to bring those stats up. But I first and foremost would just like to get to know um, about yourself and uh, your story uh, and get to know a bit more about your dad. Um, you know, really kind of um, make us appreciate who who he was rather than um, just becoming another statistic. Yeah. If that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, Owen is my name. Uh, I'm, I, I hail from the Midlands of Ireland. Um, grew up there through through most of my life, went to college um, in, in Limerick and currently living in Dublin. Um, uh, I have the luxury of working remotely, so I'm, I'm not out of a job just yet. Um, so, yeah, um, my dad, uh, I suppose, separate to his, his, his uh, passing, which was obviously quite traumatic. Uh, he, he died by suicide at the age of 60. Um, separate to him, he was a, a, a massive conser- uh, conservationist. Um, mm-hmm. He grew up uh, fishing and hunting um, all over Ireland. Uh, brought us fishing and hunting all over Ireland. Um, uh, I he would have fished. You, you name the river, he's probably been on it <laughs> trying, trying to catch fish, or or successfully catching fish more often than not. Um, and I, I'm just getting flashbacks now of of him. <laughs> we had a mobile home up in Ballina, County Mayo. And we we would spend weeks and weeks of our summer holidays up there, and he would mm. be get, basically getting up at about half five in the morning to go fishing, and wake up everyone else in the in the mobile home in the process. <laughs> uh, so I just got a I just got a weird flashback as I was starting, as I was talking there, but uh, yeah. So he 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 had a huge passion for uh, animals, and and as, as time went on, animal welfare in particular, um, he was um, a conservationist. Uh, uh, quite active in conservation that uh, he his particular passion was salmon fishing and uh, he was, mm. he was uh, fundamental in a uh, change in law in Ireland with respect to uh, a process known as salmon driftnet. Um, the, the, the quick quick background of it is basically salmon driftnets could take probably 60 to 70% of the population of a river uh, uh-huh. each season. 
uh, whereas fishermen would take maybe five uh, percent of of the population in the in the whole season. They would also mm. spend a lot more money in the local economy. Uh, so it was it was quite a, a um, it, it was quite it was quite important for him because the stocks were dropping, uh, yeah. the salmon stocks were dropping. But in turn, it was also important for the local local economy that he was uh, he, he was he wasn't just doing it from a selfish point of view. It was it was predominantly for the uh, the, the welfare of the, the rivers, the welfare of the local economies, and the welfare and and the ability for people to travel to his one of his favorite places to go fishing. Uh, that mm. he never he never wanted that to to uh, be um, uh, at risk of, of of disappearing. So he was yeah, as I said, he was a very passionate man. Um, with respect to his his his, um, his his more personal life, he he was someone who um. Outwardly, could be quite unemotional, but there was so much more going on inside. Uh, he grew mm-hmm. up in a generation where, you know, boys don't cry. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, uh, where um, to talk about your emotions was uh, a no-go. Instead, you'd either turn to alcohol or you turn to some other kind of vice to try and try and stay quiet, basically. Uh, his, um, his own dad, uh, while being quite successful in his own career, um, lost uh, his his wife. Um, uh, when uh, so my grandfather, my my dad's mother, uh, died mm-hmm. when my dad was fourteen. So that would have left um, uh, quite a, a, a scar on his life. And to have not have had the support at that stage of life um, would have kind of set him up for 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 um, an, a, a, an inability to function on functionally process emotions um and mm. i suppose that that in turn then so the 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 grief of that no support his dad turned to drink uh it it, it kind of it was a recipe for a mental health condition essentially you know it, 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 a, te- a potential de- textbook mental health condition but he was functioning mm. he, he was working in and he used to work in the bank he was working from the age of 17 um worked until he was 55 he got took early retirement um, and at that point spiraled uh, because he didn't have the the, the love hate relationship that he had with his job to occupy most of his time. So he he quite quickly didn't feel um, uh, a sense of uh, purpose. Um, and because we, me and my two brothers, uh, were were essentially out of the house at this point. Um, he uh, there was a. a, a there was essentially no relationship between my dad and my older brother uh, due to my dad's mental health. Um, mm. A lot of responsibility was put my older brother. So he was the patriarch uh, through necessity. My, my older brother took the role of patriarch through necessity because my dad, through his mental health, uh, didn't have the emotional maturity to, to be to be, uh, um, to be the, the responsible adult, I suppose, in, in, a lot of yeah. in some ways. But but aside from that, he was uh, as I said, he was an incredibly passionate man. He um, loved to sing, loved to loved to have a few pints, um, loved loved uh, loved his friends, uh, loved made every opportunity to try and spend time with them. Um, but when he re- retired, he 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 didn't uh, he he didn't have the emotional uh, uh, foundation to um, to to be able to deal with the reality of the changing uh, scenario for him. Um, mm. So he, he was hospitalized. Uh, we, 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 
the legislation changed in Ireland a number of years ago that you couldn't uh, sign someone in um, who who wasn't mentally uh, um, who, who if they were over the age of eighteen, you previously could sign them in um, if, if the doctor agreed that they weren't emotionally capable of, of taking care of themselves in in, in whether that's with respect to self harm or, or or suicide or or um, uh, mental capacity in general. That's mm. the legislation change then that um, uh, the person had to sign themselves in. So as long as the person could say no, there was nothing anyone could do, really. Right. Uh, and, and that's still the case. If an adult... Uh, uh, so, so not even if an adult. If, an old, if a person over the age of 18 who was expressing mm. um, suicidal ideation, self-harm, um, or, or, or even uh, suicidal uh, attempt, um, I suppose until they actually make an attempt, there is no real um, powers for anyone to uh, give them get to get them the care they require to uh, be, be to be better. So in my dad's case, we managed barely to to convince him to sign himself into a a, a mental uh, a hospital for for uh, mental illness, uh, and he spent about four months there um, um, throughout the, the that, that kind of winter of of twenty or was it? Um, three years and five years, uh, 2012. Um, so, yeah, he spent a couple of months there. He came home for Christmas, um, and and he was a, a very shook person, uh, to what I remember from prior to his 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 spiral. Um, but but he 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 still seemed to have a different perspective on things. And um, when he returned, finally returned home about kind of February of that of, of 2013, he um. Um, he had a had a new lease on life, which was which was um, kind of as I said, it was another another a different version of my dad than than I remember yeah. was because he was finally getting the treatment he, he needed. Um, but part of the condition of bipolar is that um, when one someone who has uh, uh, well, sorry, this is this is a part part of a number of mental health conditions, but this is just my experience of bipolar. Um, when someone uh, feels well, um, yeah. they feel they no le- no longer need the support that got them well. So, uh, um, one of those supports happened to be medication. Um, so he stopped taking his medication and and continued the cycle that he had been on for the previous kind of thirty years. So uh, kind of there was a cycle basically where he would seek help from his GP, be given the medication, um, start counselling. The counselling would go to a point he wouldn't be able to get past. He then would feel better anyway because he's on medication and went, oh, all is right with the world, I don't need medication anymore. And then uh, within a couple of months, he'd be on the same spiral again, or they, uh, on the same cycle again. So it was yeah. like, a, if you can imagine a sinusoidal rhythm almost, not, not necessarily yeah. as regular, but there was a, a certainly a cycle to it and a, an internal cycle to his behavior um, surrounding that as well. So, um, yeah, he, he was a complex individual, to say the least. But uh, an extremely loving man, um, and just he 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 allowed he would have arguments in his head with people that he hadn't spoken to, and then the argument would have concluded in a particular manner in his head. He'd have that conversation with someone, and it would go a completely wrong way, and then he'd be kind of uh, wouldn't know where to go because it was the the, the scenario had uh, spiraled in a, in a different direction to what he was expecting, I suppose. Um, and that was all part of the the, the 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 condition as well that there was there was a a lot of negative self talk um and a lot of um 
a lot of beating beating himself up over things that weren't necessarily in his control. So he he, he in turn lost friendships uh, from that, um, and then and, and through that then lost support. So uh, yeah, it was, it was it was it was looking back on it, it was it was it was tough to be in the situation with him. Um, it was tough to watch, um, and and you can't really advise him uh, because one way or another, he's an, the sad fact is he's an adult and he's going to make his own decisions anyway. So, um, and and we can obviously further discuss that with, with respect to his death as well. Um, but yeah, um, really clever guy. Well, could have written a masters on on tying flies for fly fishing. He was just uh, everything he 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 was passionate about. He was ultra passionate about. Um, mm. And yeah, he was. Yeah, I still I'm I'm still kind of struggling. Uh, I'm three years down the line from his. Um, from his passing, and I still do struggle regularly to try and differentiate him from his death. The, his death was quite traumatic for me, so yeah. yeah, it's it's hard to kind of separate him from his death. But that being said, I'm more and more I am I am able to do that. So thanks for sharing that. Um, um, a lot to unpack. the The first thing that I'd like to ask is, how do you think this has? Um, how do you think your father's state of being impacted your own emotional uh, development and another thing is uh, it may sound silly but just from my own point of view it took me <laughs> I don't know what age I was but it took me a while to really start to look at my parents my father like a like a man rather than just oh that's my parent and can if you know what I mean and can I ask when when was this um kind of when did when did you start taking this kind of understanding what he's going through rather than oh why is my dad acting so strange or when did my perspective of him change yeah it, yeah yeah so that's what's answer the first question uh just give me the first question one more time well, how do you think that his state of being you uh, during your adolescence affected your own emotional development? Me. Yeah, um, I suppose because there was a certain volatility with his um, with his moods. Um, uh, he, if things were going right, things were going very well, and there was a bit of a mania with that. And with the mania, there was um, uh, uh, quite a, an impulsive nature, but bizarrely quite rewarding for us because if we if he was in good humor we were allowed to be in good humor and then we would get ice cream and we would you know we might get a magazine in the shop or uh, you know he might take he might take a fishing or whatever so that was and but uh, uh due to the bipolar there's an equal one one's the equal measure but there's a uh, an equal um swing in the balance with uh, the depressive episodes as well so similarly, when he was in a depre- uh, depressive episode, uh, we were um, walking on eggshells. We couldn't do anything right. Um, well, just one instance that, that comes to mind when he was uh, particularly down, um, a couple of Christmases before he was first diagnosed with it, uh, I was in college, um, I had very little money, and I came home came home to Christmas and I said, look, I want to cook dinner on Christmas Eve. That's my present to you. It's all I can do. You know, So I bought uh, this lovely duck breast, and I prepared the whole meal, and I dished it up. And um, we were, there was um, myself, my younger brother, my mother, and my father sitting at the table. 
at this stage, my dad's relationship with my older brother was, was uh, virtually non-existent. And uh, we were just chatting about things, and my dad started saying something about um, uh, about something. Uh, he was expressing his 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 perspective on the world at the time, saying, "Oh, nothing, nothing's any good. You know, the, 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 this winter's going to go on forever, or you know, that kind of stuff." And I just turned around to him and said, "Look, if, if you know right well that the evening's going to get longer any day soon." And he literally almost jumped across the table at me and said. Uh, do you think that's all it is? And I, in my in my immaturity, but also I think at the time I, I responded quite well. I said, "Excuse the expletive now, but I said I fucking know that's not all all it is." And my mother went, "Stop!" And I left the table. Um, okay. And I, I suppose I get into the complexity of, of my mother's relationship with him as well, to, to, from my perspective uh, as well. Uh, I have a feeling she's going to be listening to this now when I, when I when I when it's finished. So <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to um, uh, diminish her her capability in any way, shape, or form because she's a wonderful wonderful person uh, and a, uh, <clears throat> admirably strong. But yeah, th- there was that volatility with, with with respect to my dad that um, uh, in turn I developed an anxiety around making decisions and, 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 and keeping people happy and um, I, I, I fell into a trap of lying quite, quite regularly I, I, I would lie to try and keep the peace um, yeah. uh, and, and that's a habit I, I, I'm, only, I'm only now overcoming um, it was something that, that, that just for years and years and years I would they would for me they would appear to be white lies but they were um, ultimately they, they weren't I, I was lying to myself as much as I was lying to everyone else and I was doing more damage to myself than I was, uh, uh, than, than I realised. Um, so yeah, I, I, I that was I suppose that's one thing. There was an anxiety. There was the, the, the habit of lying. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm not great with money. I'm starting to become great with money, but because of <laughs> my dad's um, uh, mania and and then depressive episodes, there was swinging um, responsibility with regard to money. When he was on a high, uh, he would happily buy a new fishing reel worth 120 euro. But wouldn't then buy us ice cream because, or you know, if, if the following week or two weeks later, because he then realised he spent money on something that he didn't really need or couldn't use for the next winter, he would be on a depressive episode and then wouldn't leave, wouldn't buy us the uh, 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 an ice cream or I, I'm being flippant about the the, the, the yeah, items he's buying for us. No, 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 yeah, no. yeah, yeah. It sounds like it sounds like we ate an awful lot of ice cream, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, he he wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't be as as um uh as what's the word? uh wouldn't be wouldn't wouldn't be as 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 open to spending money, you know. And and in turn, I think that led to a certain amount. Of, he, he built up quite a bit of debt before. When I say quite a bit of debt, now it wasn't anything major, but before he died, he was, he, he had amassed a small amount of debt that he shouldn't have because he wasn't employed at the time. Um, he he was he was um he was uh mismanaging his 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 money as, alongside mismanaging his own mental health at the time as well so yeah it it was it was quite sad in some respects to see him um uh, go down the path he did um he i suppose it was around this around the time that he passed away or a few months before he passed away he would have moved out of the family home um through through no uh, uh kind of agreement between him and my mother he just made a choice and found an apartment or found a, a small uh, cottage um moved in there brought all his dogs with him brought most of his fishing gear um 
and, and was trying to set up a business um, uh, to, to, to occupy his time. And, um, but he had removed one of the last supporting elements in his life, which was my mother, his wife. Um, so he, at every, at a kind of every opportunity, he wanted to be independent, but didn't realize that he needed support as well. So, yeah, yeah it, it was, it was, it, he, he actually died at my, my, at our home house. Um, he was, he was, um, preparing, bizarrely, he, he was preparing dinner with my mother at the time. Um, and, and didn't get an answer to a question he wanted, uh, an answer to. Um, and then set aside the door and, and that was it. He, um, he, this is one of the scenarios, I suppose, where he would have had a decision, he would have had a conversation in his head and it would have come out a particular way and, and didn't come out the way he was expecting. So his reaction right. was, was, was to the extreme. Um, yeah. but, but only after the fact I realized, uh, after speaking to people, um, he had, so along with his conservation, he, uh, uh, he ran a little syndicate for a group of friends of his that enjoyed hunting. So they would have joined the leading up to the hunting season from kind of, uh, uh, November 1st to January 31st. Uh, there's a winter hunting season in Ireland for, for, uh, game, game birds, uh, along the lines of partridge, pheasants, uh, that kind of stuff. So he would have raised an, uh, uh, a number of pheasants for this syndicate. But leading up to his death, he actually sold the birds that he had about a week before he died. Um, he, he had gotten rid of them. Um, so I, I only learned this after the fact. So that, 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 that apparently is, is a kind of, um, uh, a thing that happens for people who have a plan. Um, uh, for people who have a plan to die, they, they start putting their affairs in order as best they can. Uh, start saying goodbye. Like the phone call to me was 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 one of those. Um, I spoke to him about two weeks before he died. Before, before he died, he rang me and said, he "Kind of thing, kind of saying, how are things going?" Um, mm. He uh, turned. He told me, um, "Treat your girlfriend better than I treated your mother," and that was something that he'd never said to me before, um, and it, it kind of it worried me. So I asked him at the time, um, quite outright, as outright as I could. Uh, and with the limited knowledge I had at the time, I said, are you going to hurt yourself? And he said, no, 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 I'm fine, I'm fine. And I said, okay, look, let's make a plan. Over the next week, I'm going to drive up to you. We're going to go for coffee. And, you know, I'm out of work at the moment. You know, I'm, 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 we can, we can, we can, um, spend some time together now. And he went, yeah, that sounds, that sounds good. And sadly, uh, I hadn't spoken to him in the, in the following two weeks and, uh, he passed away. So it, it yeah, it, to say it, there was, there was, a uh, to, to, to answer your, your question, I suppose the anxiety, the lying, the mismanagement of money, there's a lot of things that, uh, I'm realizing I were habits that I, uh, formed from his, um, I suppose to put a, a, a what's it called? There's a, a, a psychological, a CBT, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, um, a theory called, uh, um, I'll come back to it, but it basically there's three ego states in our, in our in ourselves. There's a child ego state, a parent ego state, and the adult ego state. And I suppose mm. my dad would have would have, wouldn't have developed an, an adult ego state. He was always flipping between the parent and the child, and that was, yeah. that was something I developed to myself. But I'm I'm realizing now that I am uh, I, I'm flipping between the, the parent and the adult ego state, or parent and child ego state more than I'm spending in the adult ego state. The, the adult ego state is 
very much present and about compromise and about understanding, whereas the other two are always either wanting to be right or want, wanting to be proven right. Uh, anyway, yeah. I, I, I digress, but yeah. It, no. <laughs> I, I mean, you said something, you said two things there that really kind of hit a chord. Um, the first was the, that you would um, make white lies, say white lies to keep the peace, or what you thought were white lies just to let things go, to make things easier on everyone else. And uh, that hit a chord with me. Um, I think I've done that before. Um, uh, my sister definitely done that before. I think most people have done that within their family. It's only when, you know, things kind of come apart that you then realize how much of a toll those little white lies um, have on you uh, as a person and that you actually... I found out that some of the things I would, I didn't think I was building them up at all, but you, you find out that actually they build up and it almost forms some sort of resentment to whichever person you would, you were actually trying to cover for in the first place. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's something that until you said it, I never really thought of, to be quite honest. Um, yeah. And I think there's so many people who are listening to this, who, who probably do that. And I think maybe it's just, um, just, I just want to highlight that point and say, look, if you are doing that, maybe it doesn't mean you have to have an argument in that moment, but just bring up those problems and address them as they come rather than trying to, you know, cover up. And then the second thing you said was, which I find um, isn't kind of unique to just suicidal thoughts, but just to a depression state in general is it's this, it's this awful curse that makes you um, retreat from everyone else. And it isolates yourself. You know, in a way is there's almost this haunting, it's almost hauntingly beautiful how it does it. That it just, it knows that what you're the only savior you've got is actually your connections with people. And somehow it manages to make you break those connections of your own will. Um, and I just wanted, wondered if you, with your, with your, um, expertise and hug if there are any certain ways that you um have found that work and maybe can help people steer away from that and, and when they notice that they're starting to seclude themselves to actually do the opposite and, and push themselves back into the the arms of their loved ones you know i know jim has a quote it's one of his favorite quotes which is um it's not the survival of the fittest it's the survival of the nurtured uh and i think that kind of quote really kind of encapsulates uh, maybe the problems that your dad was facing and many others mm. face. Do you, are, are there any things that you, any steps that you have in place that you teach at hug to help maybe help um, people who are kind of going down that road? Um, I suppose the, 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 the space we create in hug is um, a space of, of non-judgment and understanding that what you're feeling um, isn't, there's nothing wrong with how you're feeling being breathed by, by suicide. It, it, it may seem wrong to someone who isn't, who has never been briefed by suicide, uh, because they don't have the perspective. But and then mm. that, that in turn can 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 kind of fuel self stigmatization around us as well. But primarily, yeah, there's the space, there's the safety of the space we create, um, kind of magnetizes the the, the group a bit, and and uh, you'll find that people. When they're when they're active, they're, 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 I suppose firstly grief isn't linear. That's that's one thing I've I've learned that um, mm. there's nothing there's nothing the five stages of grief or whatever they I can't remember how many stages there are, but they 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 don't happen stage one two three four five. Yeah. They happen yeah. as stage stage one, then stage three, then stage five, and then back to two, and then back yeah. to one. And and yeah. it, like the grief journey is, is in some respects can be. Um, Persistent for like I mean I'm three years three and a half years down the line I, I'm still I'm still grieving at times there I mean there's a lot more times that I'm not 
there's a lot more times that I, I can enjoy. Like I, I've, I've learned to, um, while that it's okay to be happy sometimes, you know, that it's okay to smile, it's okay to laugh. Um, the, 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 there's a, there's a certain amount of, of, of judgment that people will, uh, put on themselves when they're uh, experiencing grief that, that they're not allowed, uh, mm. they should be, they, sh- they should be always depressed because they've lost their loved one. No, because, because like, like, like you said, um, nothing is permanent. Everything is always in flux and change. Uh, yeah. And I suppose we create a nurturing space. Like, 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 Jim's, like Jim's quote there was, um, we, we, none of us are fit by ourselves to grieve alone. So we create yeah. a space that's nurturing to grieve pr- productively. Um, and, but in, the, in, in saying that, you, we, we give a, a space where people have permission to say things that they wouldn't be able to say outside of the space, that they wouldn't be able to, um, like, I, I remember, I'm just getting kind of flashbacks to my own grief in, while in that space. And I'm, I was, um, quite often I was saying, you know what, fuck him. Why the fuck did he do that? Like, mm. you know, what, what, you know, why didn't he do this? Why didn't he do that? Why didn't I do this? Why didn't I do that? And, and, and all the what ifs and the, and the, the crystal clear, um, um, perspective we have after the fact of, we start to, um, uh, dissect every kind of um, uh, m- moment that we had, that we experienced leading up to it. You know, why didn't I go to make, have coffee with him? Why didn't I check in on him more often? Why didn't, because I suppose in some respects he had set up a scenario that I didn't want to be uh, um, listening to him all the time because I had had enough of it. I took the years of it, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. um, um, before he passed away. And and there's a certain amount of guilt with that that people can't, um, particularly on the suicide by suicide. There's a lot of guilt and a lot of shame in in feeling hurt. And um, we 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 want to love the person who died, but we also want to hate them because they've done yeah. something to us. They've, they've injured us in the process. Um, yeah. and, and that's where the stigma around being selfish and um, um, come, comes in. It, 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 the, the thing is, I, don't, I, don't, I, I never thought my dad to be selfish. There was times that he was self-centered, certainly, mm. but his decision wasn't to, I don't think his decision was to set out to really injure anyone. He couldn't cope with the, the inner turmoil in himself and didn't see another way out um, 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 and and couldn't cope with the pain really it was, he, was, yeah. he was in a, he was in an immense amount of emotional pain that, that yeah. couldn't that couldn't be uh, what well, couldn't be um, measured measured by any of us and also couldn't mm-hmm. be remedied by any of us the, the power was in his hands as well that's the other paradox of my dad was he was a great he had a library of self-help books but couldn't help himself hmm. um, he had all this knowledge but couldn't connect the, the that, dots that, or, or, or couldn't find the pathway that would, that, because in his case, he had a, a diagnosable mental health condition that required medication. And he couldn't, he couldn't, under, he, 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 that was beyond his understanding. Um, so, yeah, to, to, to answer your question, um, I can't remember what your question was. I digress too much. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just about the survival of the fittest and and, and, and yeah. the people who lose, you know, lose contact because that's what depression does. Be it whether you're suicidal or just you know, um, 
just depressed generally kind of makes you do that makes you um seclude yourself and become isolated which i suppose in quarantine is even more apparent how much we miss that human contact you know i think people take it so for granted you know I, i for one i just personally i hate facetime i find it really annoying i think it's useless i like to just put put my earpods in and then airpods in then i can talk to people while i'm doing other things however now that i'm in quarantine and i'm only seeing you know my girlfriend's face which is beautiful as it is seeing that for six weeks day after day sometimes i i now want to use facetime to talk to people yeah. to see other faces and we take that so for granted you know and i just think that's such an important point and and something that you've done um and i'm not sure if you've done it knowingly but I've always had a problem with this this idea that when someone passes away, we have to eulogize about them, and we have to you know we have to talk about them as if they were this angel, this this perfect human being. Which of course we all know, no matter how good that person was, and maybe some of them were close to being angels, no matter how good that person was they all have their faults because they're human beings. And you know you, you were talking about how there's this stigma that you know as a suicide um i'm not sure if the word is suicide victim but someone someone who survived suicide you know um suicide is that you're not you're not supposed to be angry at that person you should only be like loving and you should only talk about the best parts of them and i think even in your at the start of this podcast when you spoke about your dad obviously you told us about the great parts of him the fishing his interests his hobbies he was a joke he's a funny man and all the rest of stuff but i think it's also whether it's suicide or not if someone passes away i think we should have the um, sensibility to be able to keep their memory alive but keep their full memory alive and if that means that sometimes you go oh you know what like my dad was a real pain in the ass or he couldn't really take a jo- take a joke that well or yeah he was a terrible cook or whatever it may be do you know what i mean there's no there's you, know, you always get the thing of oh he was the life and soul of the party and i always feel like how many people are the life and soul of the party in reality there's not that many but you see you hear that line every time someone passes away you know and i just think there's no need for that anymore i really want i think this you've done it beautifully to be honest is we should really talk about people honestly how they were you know and obviously let's focus on the good points of course but let's not make out that they were these amazing human beings they were perfect angels because none of us are that and i think when we do that it for that's what you're saying it kind of makes you it shuts down that topic it shuts down that that conversation because you you know you said like oh fuck him you know you're angry at him at certain points but you you know if you said that to someone out loud people would be like in horror that you're speaking like you're saying fuck you to your dad i mean are you crazy it's like well no these are human feelings and like he was a he was a troubled man just like we all are you know I think it's really important that we kind of um, just highlight that. Even yeah, in Ireland. Well, oh, sorry. Sorry, go ahead, Jim. I was just going to say, in Ireland, you always hear as well, don't speak ill of the dead. You know, even it's like, even if, oh, no, I need to express this. This is how I feel right now. You know, it's uh, it can be somewhat uh, frustrating, I can imagine. Well, it, it doesn't help us. Um, no. the, I, think, I think Irish society has grown dramatically, particularly in the last 20 years with regard to mental health um, and, and around suicide. Um, but for like my dad grew up in a time when suicide was illegal. You know, that uh, suicide, if someone died by suicide, they weren't allowed to be buried in consecrated ground and they weren't allowed a funeral, um, which, which fuels stigma even further, further, you know. So, um, and, and that stigma still lives today that, uh, you know, um, in Ireland, through uh, around every um, uh, well, around every death, there's there's a there's a um, what's the word? A, a coroner's a coroner's court uh, sitting, 
to um, an inquest. Sorry, that's the word I'm looking for. Um, where the, the circumstances of the, the death are, are discussed and a determination is made for the death certificate, uh, particularly around unexplained death. Um, so the, what, what, it ha- what it does happen quite regularly in Ireland is um, people are, can be quite ashamed by how their, their loved one died. And sadly, quite often they'll ask that the uh, verdict is made uh, without the phrase suicide, just die by suicide in, in it, that they'll, they'll go for death by misadventure or um, um, there's a couple of other kind of um, phrases that would be put on a death certificate that don't say suicide, but quite often, yeah. quite likely are. And that in turn fuels stigma even further as well. And then, as, as Jim was saying there, about the, or about both you were saying about um, the person being eulogised and, and 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 made out to be um, greater uh, the greatest human being uh, potentially. Uh, or uh, I, I discussed it with one of the the, the group uh, members uh, recently about um, uh, oh he was a tortured soul or oh you know he was uh, the um, yeah, sorry. There's a lot of those kind of attitudes that, that, that people say yeah. because they think that it's going to bring you comfort. Um, but quite often, it 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 either diminishes the the impact that their death has had, or diminishes the impact the person actually had in their life. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, the, the the stigma that that is that does kind of um, surround suicide. Um, I suppose that's part of part of my 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 volunteering with Hogue is that I I can break that down where possible you know that, that I can tell people look people have died by suicide for as long as people have lived um, it, it, it's a sad fact that it's part of the human condition um, uh, it would be wonderful to to not have it happen um, but I, I can't say it never will you know um, yeah. it's it, it, I, I, I'm, I don't know if you're, you're, you're into your gaming at all, but I, I, I recently started playing uh, on, a, on a very aside, very much an aside. Uh, I recently started playing uh, Assassin's Creed uh, Odyssey, which is based in mm. um, ancient Greece. And mm. um, what, during one of the loading scenes, there, there, there's a little hints and tips and bits of information that appear. And one of the bits of information is about, bizarrely, about um, death by suicide in ancient Greece. That it back then it was considered uh, sacrilegious and 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 it was you were not allowed to be buried on on um, consecrated ground. Um, yeah. So it, it goes like the stigma around it uh, is as old as the as the the event itself. Um, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, it's we haven't changed all that much in two and a half thousand years, you know. No, and two points. Um, you brought up actually the the inquest um that happens after the death, and and I was just doing a bit of research uh, on the Samaritans page, and I came yeah. about the same kind of research. And it said, for example, it said this is of two thousand and eighteen in the UK Republic of Ireland. There were six thousand eight hundred and fifty nine suicides in two thousand eighteen. In the UK, there were six thousand five hundred seven, and in the Republic of Ireland, three hundred and fifty two. However, it then went on to say kind of what you said was, which was actually those numbers are conservative because um for for, for one off is that apparently uh, in the in Ireland and in the UK these 
the death is only actually put in as a figure once the inquest has been done and that doesn't ha- that's not necessarily a quick process you know in scotland apparently it only happens in eight d- days but in the uk and ireland that can happen it can take up to a year if not longer sometimes um until you get that rubber stamp so to speak on that certificate so you know that's why i couldn't get 2019 ones because even though we're in april 2020 there's still there will still be people who have died of suicide you know um in 2019 who haven't got that certificate yet to say so and and I just think that's just crazy to think that we, you know, that there's there's such a stigma attached. And then lastly, the point that you're saying about the Greece, you know, I it's, again, it said on the Samaritans thing, it said, um, and it's true. Only recently, you 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 were, t- you were telling us before this podcast that we shouldn't say committing suicide, and you said, you know, and I want you to just elaborate on that further, but only recently that was actually a, a crime was to commit suicide it was illegal to do so which i always found so counterintuitive anyway because what are they going to do anyway you know you can't they can't do anything with you but only recently was it a crime so we're not you know almost forget ancient greece we're talking the last 20 30 years we this was actually a legal crime and do you just want to explain to people about why we shouldn't use the the phrase committing suicide because i never had thought of it and i don't think jim had either and it's quite interesting yeah, the, the, I suppose the phrase, um, I suppose, particularly in Ireland, a lot of the laws that uh, started as the founding of the state, I mean, the, the, our, firstly, our country, uh, the Republic, is only 100 years old, um, or less than 100 years old. Um, at the founding of the state, a lot of the laws were adopted either from the UK or from the Catholic Church. Um, mm. I'm, not, I'm not going to go on a Catholic Church bashing round on, I'm going to limit it to one point, where the, the, the phrase, uh, or in, in canon law, um, uh, someone who dies by suicide is considered a sinner, and yeah, um, and I suppose that that was extrapolated from two and a half thousand years ago. That um, they weren't allowed to be buried uh, where 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 in consecrated ground. They weren't allowed to have a church funeral, um, and the, the the phrase committing implied that a, a crime was committed. But the only like the only victim is the person who dies. Do you know? So the crime. The, no other crime fits that description that the only victim is the person who has been, uh, who, who committed that crime. You know, I'm not going to steal from myself. If I'm going mm. to embezzle money, I'm going to embezzle it from, you know, from a corporation. Yeah, yeah, of course. If, I, if I'm going to steal, steal, steal something from a shop, I'm going to steal, you know, the shop is the victim. I, if I, yeah. if I if, you know, if God forbid the, the, I, I, I was in a car accident and the, the, the victim is someone else. It, yeah. Yes, I might you're, be. I might you're be. never the you're never the perpetrator and the victim at the same time, except except when it came to suicide previously. Yeah. Of course. Uh, so it was. It was. It was um, and but yeah, that would have come from a, a place of, of of fear and stigma. Um, and I suppose I I in before my dad passed away, I would have used the phrase "committed suicide" because that's what I knew of it. Um, but the but essentially the the word committed mean, uh, implies that a crime has been committed. But as I said, the only victim is the person who's died, who has died by suicide. And in turn, I I try to use the phrase "died by suicide" because yeah. it's stating a fact. Uh, or if if you find that difficult to get your head around, just be be factual about it. They died by suicide. They killed themselves. Yes, it's a it's a mode of language, but it's the truth. Whereas the the saying the, the phrase "committed" implies that judgment has been made on this person, mm. Um, mm. when 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 realistically they're a victim themselves. Thanks for clearing that up. Huh? Um, I just wanted to ask: Can I? Can I, you tell me how your relationship with yourself 
and others changed after your father's passing? Um, my relationship with myself changed by me listening to myself in the sense that I, I, along with that habit of lying, I was telling myself lies quite often as well. So I started um, taking three years and I'm by no means a perfectionist. I, was, um, I started listening to myself and started being mindful of what was causing me to feel a particular physical emotion, you know, anxiety in my chest. Uh, fast breathing and you know, um, um, or or you know, stress headaches or or or, um, I just tried to, yeah. As I said, I, I, I by saying it in in the in a podcast, it sounds like he's got it all together. I can assure you, I am by no means <laughs> an expert. I, 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 I'm, I'm lucky to practice a bit of gratitude once a week, but that can be enough to 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 kind of um to to allow my perspective to be a bit more uh, uh, re- uh real. And less, less in my head. And um, my my relationship with other people. Um. Yeah, that's a tough. That's a tougher question because um. Around a death, you get a lot of support. Um. From from everyone you've ever met, everyone you've ever uh, had a had a had a had a uh, had a moment with. So like I had friends from college, traveling half the country to come see me after my dad died, and. Um, but through no fault of their own and no, through no fault of mine, um, I haven't really spoken to them since. And that's three years mm. ago. And that's just because life goes on. Um, mm. and, and I don't, I, look, I don't blame them for that. I was so grateful that they came. And if I heard that a parent of theirs passed away, I'd be there, I'd be down there tomorrow. Um, because I, you know, th- th- there's a, there's a love and a relationship there that may meant a lot at a time. It, 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 it doesn't mean the same thing now, but, um, yeah, like the, 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 there's a, a certain amount of respect and, and, and love to be had uh, at the time of a death. But since since the death, yes, a lot of the relationships have fallen by the wayside. Um, some through literal physical distance um, and, and living very different lives. Some through uh, having had less distance and, and just people not wanting to be around you because you're, <laughs> you're depressing them, sadly. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm someone who's quite vocal about um, the impact my dad's death has had on um, but more so now positively than negatively in the beginning yeah it impacted me negatively massively because I was grieving a job loss that I had lost a job three weeks before he died uh, I was grieving his death I was grieving the loss I, I was grieving the loss of my dad first and foremost and then the suicide of my dad second and yeah, uh, yeah. That, it, can, it can be such a traumatic experience like I, I, I wasn't near the house when it happened. I wasn't. Uh, I was. I was living in Dublin. They were in the Midlands. Um, I, I had to drive for uh, an hour and a half to get there. Um, um, in, in the fear and grief that uh, encapsulates after a phone call like that. I got my and my older brother was that was the one who rang me actually, um, mm. because. Uh, I suppose the, the way the way it happened, my dad passed away. My, uh, my mother um, was in the vicinity, and you know, found him pretty quickly. Um, she the only person she could think to call was my older brother. He had to call the guard. He had to call the ambulance. He then had to call me. He tried to call my younger brother. My younger brother was at rugby training. The guards went to pick him up, and he was. <laughs> it was a funny story, but uh, when he saw the guards there. 
hoping to talk to him, he was thinking, Jesus, what have I done? What have I done? <laughs> and, he, and, and he got a flashback to <laughs> disposing of the household waste in the rugby club bin. And he was thinking, shit, I've been caught, have I been caught in camera? And the guards are coming to tell me not to do it again. So it was very different, but that was his perspective on, on, on things at the time. But uh, yeah, like the, 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 I probably shouldn't have driven that night, but I needed to. Um, to, mm. to get home and to just see my mother and, and grieve with her and and mm. and, and in, in, ensure that she was still in one piece, not emotionally, but physically she was still in one piece. My older brother, as I said, was in Spain. He was actually training. Um, so he did. He wasn't back for another 24 hours. Um, so I, I, and and now he was training with, he, he was part of the military, so he was training over there. Um, he had his, his brothers and arms around him but it's not the same as having your family around you. Um, um, and also because of his relationship with my dad, I can't imagine what he, how he grieved or, 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 or because we haven't spoken about it really. Um, and that's, that's another thing I'll, I'll get onto if, 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 if we have time. Um, the, the, the different ways that families grieve. Um, so yeah, the relationships with other people. Um, I suppose I, I'm still protective of my mother. I wouldn't tell her everything. Um, I would tell her most things, but I wouldn't tell her everything. Um, I'm, 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 um, I'm quite. I'm. I, I do still have a bit of fear of um, people uh, leaving me, uh, in the sense that, um, or, or of, of loss. I have a fear of, lo- of losing things um, yeah. and losing people. So it, it has it certainly has impacted my relationship with my girlfriend. Um, um, uh, but we're, but we're, we're, we're lucky enough. We're, we, we're, we're in counselling ourselves to, to try and. Um, uh, bring back what we had in, in, in the beginning of our relationship. We're together ten years. It, it, it's a long time, yeah, and yeah. we've had so many life events that uh, not, not, we've had the foster child. We've had um, uh, her loved ones of hers pass away. Loved ones of mine pass away, um, and all the other life events that happen, and we're still together. So I'm grateful, very much grateful for that. But yeah, it. it the, 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 there's an analogy that's used around suicide. It's, it's, a, it's like an, a grenade going off in a family, and that everyone uh, is hit with shrapnel, different size pieces, different numbers of pieces, uh, and they have to tend to those wounds differently. Um, so they're all they're all grieving the same death, but grieving it so so differently. And then the other side of it is, is that they actually say that it, it radiates out to uh, up to. Um, I think up to 100 people, or is it 180 people, are impacted by each uh, death by suicide. And mm. uh, so, if you if you if you go off the Irish statistics, what 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 350 times nearly 200, yeah. 70,000 people every year are directly impacted by a suicide. Yeah, and, and, and you brought up that's a, my whole set up. So yeah. Yeah, you, and you brought up a point as well, which um, which I've spoken to my friends about, uh, and it's not—I don't think it only pertains to suicide. I think it's pertain like it's just a thing that in death is that we, you know, someone dies and you get that flock, that immediate flock of friendship and love and support, and then, like you said, look, life goes on. Um, but the thing that the thing that rankled with me uh, in that is that uh, you're expect you are expected to go back to normality straight away. Uh, yeah. You know, for example, at my, at my office, I had last year. Uh, my nan passed away it's just of old age and then um two days later that was in england I'm, I'm working in madrid at the time my nan's passed away and then two days later my uncle in italy passed away and that was quite unexpected we he wasn't you know he's 60 odd um he wasn't really 
there was uh, you know we weren't expecting to put it that way and and are we the company policy was you have four days and uh, I said to my, I said to my boss, I said, look, I'll come into work. Like it is what it is. And my boss said, look, like, and luckily my boss was, he happened to be a friend as well. And he said, you take as much time as you need. If you take three weeks, if you take a month, it is what it is. Like I, under, like you've had two deaths in the, in the shape, in the space of two days, there's one day and then the next day. Uh, but the problem, the, what's weird is, is that you get that immediate flock. And I had so many people, work colleagues and so on saying, oh, blah, blah, blah. The week after no one checked in. Two weeks after, no one checked in. Three, and do you know I mean, and that, that to some extent, I understand it because look, you can't have people um, doting on you every second of the day. They have their own lives and they have their own problems. But I also think that we need to, you know, you were talking about the steps of grief that you might go from one to three to five to two to four to two again and back. You know, I, for example, I don't, I'm not even sure if I have grieved my nan, and it's been a year just because of circumstances, and I'm not, I'm almost waiting for that moment to come. Um, and but no one asks you, you know, they just ask you on that first day or they ask you at the funeral and then that's it and i think if we can really i mean i try my best and i fail sometimes at it but um yeah i don't want to come across as a preacher on the podcast but i do try my best to if i know someone's had a hot, difficult time whether it's been a grief or whether it's just been they've had a bit you know they lost a job or something along those lines to check in at the moment and then check in like every so often every couple of weeks how you doing pal you're right let's have a good let's have a call you know so on and so forth to make sure they know that you're there because like you said you can bounce back from one thing to the other and one week you might be perfect and then the next week you watch a film or you listen to a song and before you know it, you're back into the depths of grief again and you none of your friends are asking you anymore and you don't want it almost feels selfish um to you know to kind of go out to your friends guys i'm still dealing with this you know because you, you don't want to like you said you don't want to put a down on other of your on on your friends and so you kind of internalize once again and then the vicious cycle starts all over and i just think it's a really important point that you brought up there which i think so many of us deal with um and i think we've all realized it but yet none of us seem to kind of want to bring that out in the open yeah absolutely uh, grief uh well firstly i think i don't think a lot of people realize what what we actually grieve on a daily basis. We, we, I mean, at the moment we're grieving our ability to go out and to to the beach, which is ten miles away. We we're grieving our ability to and freedom at the moment. Um, and and that can, if you don't acknowledge it, that can that can have a pretty negative impact. Um, and in 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 tandem with that, there's a lot of people grieving job losses. There's a lot of people grieving family members. I mean, the the mm. the, the death toll hasn't tapered by any means from this virus. There's, there's, there's so many griefs. Um, and then there's going to be the, 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 we'll say the financial grief, the economic grief that's going to happen. And I suppose I, I use the word grief from a point of view of, of losses that um, yeah. there, there are so many things that we are losing each day and we're, and we're, and we're made, made hyper aware of it, particularly with the media, um, that, that, at the end of this, when we have the freedom to grieve, people aren't going to necessarily uh, know how to. Uh, I think that's the other thing is that, that and, and that comes back to, I suppose, resilience. I, uh, when my dad passed away, I didn't have the resilience to grieve by myself. I needed support. And, and mm. um, I suppose now that we have a lot of time to, to think and to, um, to, to, to make ourselves aware of these things, it could be a time to practice gratitude and, and resilience or, or to find some um, opportunity there to, to maybe to learn to learn some resilience and, and strengthen our own emotional foundation. Um, just on that point, another 
there is another group that I, I am involved with uh, called Human. I'm not sure if you're aware of it, uh, but it, no. it, it, essentially it, it, what they call it is it, it, it's, a, uh, it's a gym for your mental health. So every Monday uh, they have an online space at the moment. They actually have a physical space in, in, across the UK and Ireland um, uh, where men of various ages, backgrounds, uh, uh, job situations, life situations come together in a, in a non-judgmental space to uh, literally exercise their emotions um, around a particular topic each week. It's only an hour uh, every Monday. Um, I'll, I'll send you on the link after after this, and, and uh, if you feel free to check it out. But it it, it was it, where it spawned from was that uh, we're we're constantly told um, uh, to you know it's okay not to be okay and it's okay to speak, um, but but where do we speak? Where 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 can we yes. to actually say that I'm not okay? Uh, yes. That's where this came from. It was a safe space to do that, and I suppose that's what Hug is as well. Um, Hug is is a place where people can say the things that they're not aren't politically correct to say in public, you know, um, and and to grieve uh, in 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 ways that with around surrounded by people who understand uh, and have and, and there's an empathy there that you sadly you're not going to get it walking down the street because people have their own shit to be dealing with. Uh, so mm. it's lovely. Um, yeah, yeah, no, lovely. Yeah, yeah. Um, on, you you mentioned before how you were the only man uh, of eight, I think, when you guys were starting Hug, and I was also this. What comes to mind after this is I was talking to, um, I was talking to a friend a few months ago who told me that his stepdad's father was recently diagnosed with severe depression. And when my friend's stepdad asked him, uh, dad, like, why didn't you say anything to me? He said, uh, son, I, I didn't know what to say. I mean, I've been feeling like this for 25, 30 years. Um, and then I remember when I brought up this point with my dad, my dad who said, uh, son, I think everybody's a little bit depressed. Um, and I was wondering, do you have, have you seen any effective means of kind of, maybe facilitating a changing perspective of elderly men with, with mental health? Um, I think, well, from, from the, the little bit I know of the Men's Sheds group, or Men's Sheds movement, um, that is a massive avenue for um, an outlet for men, a healthy outlet for men because um, more men will talk about their emotions sitting side by side at a bar with a pint in their hand looking mm. at the barman and talking yeah, yeah. to each other. And they will, sitting across the table or sitting in a room across from a counsellor or sitting around the table. Men, we're, we're not, we haven't been told, we haven't been taught how to um, express ourselves, really. Um, like girls from a very young age are told, well, I don't know if they're told, I think it's, it's a societal thing that from a very young age, girls, Express themselves more and are and are and are, and are facilitated in that. Um, it's probably a, it's a new form of sexism, maybe. Um, the yeah, I I don't think men are 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 allowed to um, um be emotional. Um, 
Yeah. Well, we're held, we're held to this standard, aren't we? We're held to a standard of, you know, what from, from a very young age, what do you play with? Uh, you play with action men. And what are action men? They're these heroes, they're these soldiers that can go around and they're these brutes, even in a little plastic form with the rippling muscles and so on. Yeah. And then it just, and then it goes on from there and we're held to this standard. And, you know, my dad, as I've talk, spoken about a million times, and I love my dad. And, and there's so many good points that he's tried to bring up, instill in me. But one of the things, and he didn't necessarily tell me outright but something that he just instilled with me in the way that he acted the way that he um went about his life is men are there for everyone else and we deal with our own shit at the end of the day but first of all you know help your mother out make sure she's okay help your sister out make sure she's okay help your friends out make sure they're okay help your girlfriend out make sure she's okay and then at the end of all of that like like with some sort of fucking superhero at the end of all of that then you come to the end of the day and then you deal with your own shit but the key to all of that is you deal with your own shit on your own and whilst i think it's a noble um ambition I think it's flawed from the outset and I think it's impossible to do, you know, uh, you know, I, th- I think about my dad, my dad lost his mom and he was incredibly close to his mom. Uh, we never saw him cry. None of us did. And that's not to say he didn't cry. Maybe he did, but the fact that if he did, he felt that he had to do it in private because he had to, you know, um, be strong for the rest of his family. That's the crippling aspect of, of being a man. And I think, you know, my friend always talks about it, that we have to unlearn certain things. And I think that's one of the key things with us is that with men, um, be it from all ages, is that we really have to unlearn this whole thing, this thing of crying is weak, showing emotion is weak. Um, because actually, I, I really, the more and more that I have these podcast conversations or just conversations in, in, in person, the, the more I find that actually, if you can show your your true self and you, with all the vulnerabilities that exist, um, then that's being truly strong um that you know making out that we're these macho men and that we're infallible and nothing bothers us is is something that's laughable because we all know it's not the case you know we all know that it's a great act but none of us are actually that happy um and so i just think the more that we become truthful with our, with ourselves first then with others it brings out more conversations you know jim and i have been doing these this podcast for a couple of months and we have conversations with people like yourself who are brave to have these conversations out in, in person but what i really love about these conversations is after every episode I get a couple of messages from different friends who have said, oh, and then they open up and they open up about, you know, this topic that we, that they've just listened to. And that's what this is all about. You know, it's just that if you have these conversations outright, you don't know who's listening, but when they listen, they might feel um, kind of entitled to then have that same conversation bit with you or with someone else in their own household, you know? And I just think if we can kind of really unlearn what we've learned and learn that new skill and take it from women because women talk about their feelings and this and also I, what i find as well uh, and i'm not sure if you've seen this in hug um men's natural instinct is to fix things so there's a there's a problem let's fix it okay so what you need to do man because you're a bit depressed okay cool so you need to go out for runs you need to do this you need to do that blah blah but yet when i talk to my friends that are, you know girlfriends um they sometimes they don't say a word they just sit there and they listen and sometimes that's all i need you know and if we can take that on from women and we can learn that those traits then i think as a pop as a human population we would be so much better off for it yeah i suppose that's the that's one of the other beauties of having a safe space um like hug is to give permission um to discuss the things that we can't discuss outside and, and and but that that empowers people then to start discussing it outside um like i i suppose i for the first 
couple of months after my dad's death, I was seeing a one-to-one counsellor, and then I was t- I I wouldn't necessarily express what I had t- discussed in the session with my girlfriend, who was you know the closest human being to me, uh, physically and emotionally, um, because I d- I didn't want her to worry. But yeah. I was in, I was yeah. I was in turn denying myself the permission to be not okay. Um, yeah, yeah. And then when hug when I started with hug that once again gave me another kind of uh, 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 empowerment to start talking about this and giving others then outside of hug permission to discuss it. And I think I think the st- the stigma is that we're not allowed and um, we're not allowed to discuss suicide. We're not allowed to discuss grief because mm. we don't want to upset anyone else. But the way I see it is. Everyone is going to be upset by a grief at some point in their life. In, for some cases, it's a traumatic grief uh, surrounding suicide. It could be a traumatic grief around God knows what else, a lost, any lost loved one. I mean, you name it, it's traumatic to someone. Um, yeah. I suppose it's just about getting, giving permission to uh, be able to do that a little more publicly. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't mean going down O'Connell Street in Dublin, or I don't know, name a, a main street in London, and professing your love for the person who's died. It's not about doing that. It's not about a grand gesture. It's just about being able to sit beside someone and be obsessed. Um, because, as you said, like the the, the laundry list of uh, self help tips can't dry your tears. Well, you could probably use it to dry your tears, but that's really all the use it's going to be if it's written down in front of you. Um, sadly, at, at that moment in time, when 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 you when you express that you're depressed to to someone, you're not expressing it, looking for help because you've probably potentially already sought help from a professional. You're looking for understanding and you're looking for uh, uh, someone to just sit with you in it. Yeah, thanks for that, Alan. Um, aside from encouraging sharing amongst people. Uh, your close friends and the groups that you host uh, at Hug. Are there any other um, pieces of advice you would give to someone who is experiencing suicidal thoughts or is really feeling that they're going through a tough time and they don't see an end? Um, having had a sense of hopelessness myself, um, reach out to someone you trust. It doesn't have to be a loved one because, bizarrely enough, we don't always trust our loved ones. Um, just someone you trust who um, can just sit with you in it. Uh, that's, that's, what the, that's what we've fostered in the hug is that we can sit with people in their grief and they can feel that hopelessness and then be told afterwards, this, is, this will pass. Um, and it, it sometimes... It, being alone isn't going to solve um, any kind of um, heavy emotional uh, weight like depression, like suicidal ideation, uh, like intrusive thoughts. And the other thing is, sometimes if you do uh, if you do seek help, it's not going to be right the first time, but it doesn't mean you should give up. Yeah. Um. The, the, there are a lot of exceptional professionals out there and there's a few who aren't um, mm-hmm. and sometimes you come across a, 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 someone who's not the right fit for you um, it's okay to try a different therapist it's okay to try a different doctor or GP 
is it okay to, to speak to a different family member than the first time you tried? Um, and yeah, I, I think, and then if you're on the, if you're the person being asked, don't be afraid to try not to be afraid to ask the outright question of, are you going to kill yourself? Because that then opens a permission to talk about it. And mm. if the question, like someone who, someone who is feeling suicidal, they don't fear saying that they're suicidal. What they fear is they actually they, they either fear the death or they fear they're worrying about other people. They're worrying about what other people think. They're 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 instead of discussing it, they're worrying and and, and fretting and, and potentially. I, I mean, I can only go from my own perspective. I was worrying about other people that I was at the time that I was a burden. That I you know I sure look at my dad could do it. I can do it. Um. Uh, well, well, it was where my head was going, and I luckily sought help. Um, it, that, that sense of hopelessness is momentary. It, mm. it, 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 it could be five minutes, it could be an hour, but it's not going to last for twenty four seven. You know, and I suppose it's acknowledging that okay, maybe I am feeling this way. Maybe I don't have the support in my immediacy, but I need help, and this will pass. Um, yeah, but, but I was. I can't advise more than my own experience. You know, I'm the of course. the other the other side of it as well is I suppose is for people who uh, are worried about their loved ones. Like, uh, um, educate yourself where, where, wherever you can, and and, and get for, forearmed is for is forewarned. So, you're you're by educating yourself, you can um, then be uh, a resource. Uh, obviously, yeah. you're, you, you've, you've got you've got uh, uh, an issue of distance, but words can travel miles. As we, I mean, we're we're in three different parts of the world discussing this right now. Um, mm. uh, yeah, education is, is, is that's the other one thing that we're 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 bringing into Hogue is, is to try and educate people around their own grief, around the grief within their families, within within the family groups, and um, to just kind of. Further the message that um, everyone, further the message that everyone is grieving something, um, mm. and at some point in their lives. I mean, as a child, you you might grieve not getting the Christmas present you wanted. You know, uh, it, 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 there's a loss in that. It, it, it's obviously not necessarily a complex loss, but it's a loss. Um, so uh, yeah, it's, it's about uh, education, exp- uh, speaking and exploring the the the. the the issues that we come across each day, and um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I digress. No, perfect. And just lastly, before we finish off with um, the how to get your shit together, um, are there any books, videos, music, films, or anything like that? You know, any sort of material that you have found useful, or that you um you uh, would uh, recommend for someone who either themselves is experiencing suicidal thoughts or maybe is looking out for someone who who is experiencing suicidal thoughts um i, I suppose one book i've read uh, i actually listened to the audiobook i have the read the the, the 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 actual hard copy here somewhere uh, i haven't read it but i've listened to it. Uh, a book called uh, how not to give a fuck um how not okay how not to give a fuck um, yeah i there there was a couple of like it, it's not a big book um, there's a couple of key things that stuck with me out of it. Simple, simple thing, simple theories, but they've 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 allowed me to expand my understanding in other ways. Um, 
music um what's good for a good cry is uh Freya writing um there was uh uh I, I listened to the radio a lot in in the car um and i um there was this particular scenario where uh the radio station were hosting a wedding on uh they, they sourced everything for a, a couple uh a couple that won uh won the prize and they managed to get Freya riding to sing at their wedding and she sang one of her songs uh, live and I'd never heard it before and I literally I was driving down the road and I burst into tears but it was I, and I ended up laughing at myself saying how the, did I get how did I how was I so impacted by this song yeah. and it, it was, it's a song about it, it, the, 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 I think the story behind it was she lost uh, she uh, broke down her relationship and the, the loved one was basically stepping onto a train and going on a tour of some kind or a, a trip of some kind. And it was that breakdown of a relationship. So in turn, lost. And it just, whatever, the, the, the tone of her voice uh, just really set me off. Um, but I suppose in general, music, music in general is a great outlet for um, for feelings, for, 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 um, for me, particularly the, a lot of the angry ones I felt. Um, Actually, about three months after my dad passed away, <laughs> I'm, I'm a bit of a metalhead. So uh, mm. my for my birthday, my girlfriend had gotten me um, tickets to uh, Avenge Sevenfold, um, and they were being supported in the Three Arena in Dublin by Disturbed. So two of my kind of long-term favorite bands, and uh, it, bizarrely, it was actually on my dad's birthday. So mm. it was full of complex emotions going to a big metal gig surrounded by people. Um, it was a bizarre, it was, it was a, it was a, um, quite slightly surreal event. But I think, yeah, the, surround yourself with the things that give to you that don't take away from you. Um, is, is probably the, the, and with regard to movies and things like that, I don't think there's anything that has really kind of, uh, struck me recently. Um, that I can think of, I suppose, one thing uh, about music is, uh, and, and around suicide, uh, there's one issue I find with uh, metal music in general, the, 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 the lyrics can be quite uh, triggering for people uh, in some respect. Mm. I, I find the word committed is used uh, all too regularly in, in a lot of metal music um, around suicide, and it's, it's something that does kind of jar me quite regularly. I don't judge people who use it uh, I mean I don't, I don't think the, the phrase died by suicide has the same ring to it when it comes to a lyric yeah. but, um, <laughs> but it, it, it's, it's, one, it's once again down to education and I suppose my, my I feel a part of my job uh, as a facilitator uh, is to educate where I can Perfect. Well, um, that's beautiful stuff, and I think that's definitely useful. I've seen that. Um, how not to give a fuck. I've seen that bit. I haven't read it myself, but I've seen it been plastered on a few Instagram stories. So maybe yeah. I'll have to invest. Um, we're just going to go into the last segment. I'll just play the music, and then we'll ask you how you get your shit together, and and uh, and then we'll we'll let you go. But th- um, play the great jingle, which I love for some reason, and then we'll uh, get your top tips. Thank you. 
Okie dokie. So, and if you could just share with us whatever it is that you do, or maybe that you um, do with with Hug as well, um, that helps you kind of keep on top of your stuff. And when you see that you're kind of getting down, that you do just to pick yourself back up again. Yeah, I suppose uh, it's it's taken me a couple of years to find uh, the little things that um, do help me. One thing is 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 doing um, a little mindfulness meditation, particularly on gratitude. Um, recently enough, I was quite stressed at work. And I was heading into the office and I was rushing to get in there and I hadn't eaten my lunch and I hadn't, uh, hadn't, I was, uh, at work that was time sensitive and I was stressed about money and stressed about this and the other. And you know, and I, when I parked the car, I went, hang on a second, what of this is in my control and what isn't? And I went, hang on, I can't, I, I'm not able to think straight right now. So I actually need to, do something some mindfulness. So there's a great uh, app called Youper, uh, uh, Y-O-U-P-E-R. And what it does is um, you, you have a conversation with the app. Um, and then you can you can literally tell the app, type into the app, like, it's like a text conversation, like a, a Google Hangout or whatever. You can text the app and, and tell them, uh, select, you select from a kind of list of emotions um, what you're feeling, um, the extent to which you're feeling them, um, and then it'll it'll kind of it'll it'll pull uh, uh, from its cloud uh, a bit of data about um, uh, well this has worked for many other people based on this study um, so do you want to try it and you get the option of saying no uh, yes or try something else and uh, wow. on this particular day I decided to try this particular gratitude mindfulness piece that it did. Um, the the voice that sounded isn't necessarily a voice I'd like to listen to all the time, but it, 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 it was it was, per, it was it was it got the message across at the same time. So it basically it starts with a quick breathing thing, and then it goes for about fifteen minutes, and you're just told to uh, acknowledge the things uh, that you are grateful for in 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 in, uh, in your life, uh, because the thing is we do take a lot of things for granted um, uh, every day. Uh, and we're realizing that now more so with the, with this uh, lockdown from coronavirus, we do take it. We did take our freedom outdoors very much for granted before this. Um, mm. So that, that's one thing that that, that certainly helps me. Uh, another thing is is being honest with people. Uh, that's something I, as I said, I've, I've come very late to in life so far. I know I'm only thirty three, but um, I, it's it's only something I've kind of really started doing in the last year is being honest with with my uh, with Kira. My, my girlfriend with my boss um, I've, I've opened up to him about my mental health um, and, and he supports oh. me around it uh, which I'm, I'm so which was one thing I'm massively grateful for um, he he allows me to fail make mistakes um, and supports me around uh, not doing that in future do you know what I mean that he he doesn't he doesn't berate me for making a mistake he'll say look we all make mistakes but just come to me and be honest with me and we'll get through it you know so he, I have to say, he is a, um, uh, he's he is he's a different type of man of his age. He, he'd be of the same the same age as my dad, and he's just or slightly younger maybe. Uh, and he's 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 a very uh, I don't know what the word is a very a very respectable and and um, genuine human being. Um, that uh, I, I wish we we all could meet someone like him. To be honest, and um, so yes. Yeah. And, and even and even in saying that, even in acknowledging that, I'm feeling better about my workload now at the moment as well. 
So, yeah. um, it, it, yeah, that's, that, I suppose I, I, I'm, I'm by no means perfect as we've, as we've discussed. Uh, I, I certainly don't have all my shit together. Well, technically I have all my shit in my spare bedroom, but, um, <laughs> uh, w- with respect to my emotional, uh, um, togetherness, uh, I'm, I am certainly better than I was, um, this time last year. Certainly better than I was before my dad passed away. Um, mm. Because I had a lot of unresolved stuff that I hadn't the courage to to uh, to to delve into, uh, and I suppose my the catalyst of my dad's death allowed me to allowed me to, the permission to to to, uh, to tear up the, the rule book that I had been I had been given, uh, yeah. and, and 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 start writing my own one. I suppose. Perfect. Uh, uh, just before we let you go, do you want to just give a plug to um, the, you know the foundations that you work for? So if anyone's listening and they wanted to reach out, maybe didn't catch the name as we were talking, they can then go onto the websites and, and find out more information. Absolutely. So um, the, the the one I spend a lot of my time working, working on behalf of is Hug. Uh, we uh, Hug stands for H uh, uh, Healing Untold Grief Groups. And um, we deal specifically with uh, adults who are bereaved by suicide, people of the age of 18 who are bereaved by suicide. Um, originally, we were holding uh, three groups across Dublin. Um, at the moment, now we're, 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 we're resorting to an online space. Um, you, if you search for HUG on Facebook uh, or HUG.ie, um, H-U-G-G.ie, um, you'll, you'll, find, you'll find us. Um, we're, we're actually in the process of setting up an online-only um, group to, to try and uh, provide a safe space for people across across the country, um, mm. and then the other group I'm involved with is Human. Uh, so uh, if you go to We Are Human, so uh, we w e a r e h u m e n dot org, uh, uh-huh. or we either We dot org or We Are Human dot com. Either way, uh, Google H U M E N, and uh, you'll come across them. Uh, it's a it's a new resource, but a, a worthwhile resource for for people who um, need a, a safe, non-judgmental outlet to just express express things that they wouldn't express to. To it, the beauty of the human group is it's, it's anonymous, so uh, you 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 don't you don't uh, have to uh, you don't have to partake. You can literally listen, or or you can uh, say 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 whatever is on your mind, and there's. It's a safe space, essentially, for doing that. Mm. Ah, Great stuff. And the name of the app that you used on? Yeah, the app is a uh, Youper, uh, Y O U P E R. Yeah. Right. Uh, I... But perfect. Great stuff. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story and your experience with us. I th- I hope to anyone that's listening that they found it useful, guys. If you have been listening, you listened all the way through. I know that these conversations can sometimes be uncomfortable to listen to, but I think that actually that makes them all the more worthwhile for having. Um, and hopefully these types of conversations can foster more conversations in your own private homes. Uh, if you feel like anyone is maybe struggling, um, reach out. It's always the best thing to do. And if you are struggling yourself, then please also reach out. Uh, thank you so much for listening, guys. And like always, if you've liked this, um, please like, rate, and subscribe. Pass it on to people who you think it may be of use to. Um, and this will be available on all the platforms as per usual. But until next time, guys, keep safe.